Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. And so today is our um, last message in our 21-day fast. There's uh, one more week left. And I've been saying this. I want to encourage you if somehow, some way, you kind of weren't able to get on the bus with us in this fast, get on right now. Take the time. Make some special time for God. When you fast, here's what you're essentially doing. You're essentially forsaking something so that you could make more time to seek God. And so you give up social media, you give up a meal, the time that you would spend eating, you spend reading your Bible and praying, and you reap incredible benefits from the whole experience. It's very, very powerful. And you're going to read this in a moment. You'll see again, Jesus says, when you, first week was when you fast, And then last week was when you pray, which means these are things that should be a very uh, um, uh, continual, practical part of your walk with God. Today, there's going to be another when you, and today will be when you give, when you give. And as we begin, even before I read the text, I want to say a couple of things to you. And I want to encourage you very, very deeply. How many want to have a very special 2024? Come on. How many want that? Amen. So here's some, some very, very important advice. Ask the Lord today for a giving heart. Ask the Lord for a giving heart because a giving heart makes your private relationship with Jesus wonderful. Ask the Lord for a giving heart. And instead of saying, well, I have a giving heart, don't say I have a giving heart. Ask the Lord for a giving heart. And let's discover what what truly a giving heart is. And let me tell you something. A giving heart contains the seeds of miracles in it. A giving heart has special kinds of impulses. A giving heart has the impulse of love. And a giving heart has the impulse of faith. And when, you're, when you have real faith in your heart, something happens that makes you want to give. Faith causes you to want to give because faith, uh, faith knows the kind of God that we serve. And our God is a generous God. Do you know that your heavenly Father is generous today? And so we, I want to encourage you, ask the Lord for a giving heart because there's something in that kind of heart that opens up the windows of heaven and has heaven poured down upon your life. Now today we're going to, again, Matthew chapter 6. And it's interesting because we've covered covered fasting and we've covered praying thus far. But Matthew chapter 6 is primarily, it's primarily about giving. There's 34 verses in Matthew chapter 6. 21 are about giving. There's a powerful link between giving and blessing. How many would say amen? Amen. Faith expressed in the form of giving, this chapter will tell you, it releases blessing and prosperity upon your life. Now, maybe you've heard of you know, the prosperity gospel. And sometimes when that, uh, that term is used, it's used negatively, the prosperity gospel. And I, I'm the first to say that, yes, sometimes um, uh, people in leadership can use verses in the Bible that can almost be a little bit manipulative to get the people to give, and on and on it goes. Um, and there is some of that, but can I tell you something? The Bible message is a prosperity message. 
In other words, God will bless you when you give, okay? God will answer you when you pray, and God will bless you when you give and when you honor him, and I wanna encourage you to, to ask God for the kind of heart that he blesses, which is a giving heart. And so, so and by the way, here's, here's what is unique about this. You're gonna find that this is now the third thing that is very personal between you and God. This is about you and Jesus and nobody else. And so, and so this is, listen closely, Matthew chapter six says this. It says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. There's different kinds of giving. There's different reasons why people give. And what I'm talking about today is giving between you and God. In the same way that praying is between you and God and fasting is between you and God, giving is between you and God. That's why, you know, it, it's so funny. There's a lot of teachings to pastors and, and uh, um, about like how to motivate people to give. And I, and I, I want you to know, um, the Lord convicted me about, we've been here about 22 years, about 10 years ago or so, God convicted me and shared with me that I wasn't doing a good job at talking to our congregation about this. And, um, and he, he was, he really, I felt like the Lord really challenged me about the fact that if I don't teach you well what the Bible says about your finances, I'm not helping you, you see? And so, so this is a very important thing between you and God. I've never looked at the tithing records of our church. I don't know what anybody gives. And you know why I don't know what anybody gives? It's because giving is between you and God. How many would say amen? But if you want blessing, this is one of those areas that will open up the blessings of God upon your life. And the Bible literally will teach you and to guide you and guide you on how to do this. It says, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret, then your father who sees what is done in secret, this is the third time, he will reward you. Your father who sees what's done in secret, he will reward you. God rewards openly what happens in secret. That's why at our church we say so often, private health translates into public fruitfulness. Our big concern is that you would be privately healthy, that your personal relationship with God would be full and wonderful and powerful. If your private life with God is good and strong, you're gonna have a fruitful life for the glory of God. You're gonna advance the kingdom of God. How many would say amen? You're gonna see the blessings of God and the fulfillment of his plan and his purpose in your life. Now there's two other, do we have those two other verses by any chance? Now listen, I can read more, but I wanna give you two more. Pastor Dave just read one to you. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up your treasures for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, everyone read this with me, there your heart will be also. If your heart is with God, your treasures are with God. 
Where are your treasures today? Part of the reason you want to ask God for a heart to give is because you want your treasures with God. You want Jesus to be your treasure. He's our treasure. He's our provider. He's our protector. Has anybody been protected by Jesus this week? Has anybody been provided? Uh, Has Jesus been good in Philadelphia? Hallelujah. He's so good. He's so wonderful. And so the, the title of today's message is Giving's Reward. There is a reward that God will give to you when you honor him with a giving heart. A giving heart is the key. And I want to pray in a moment. But before I pray, I want to just say a couple things about this particular uh, um, topic to frame our kind of receiving the word today. Like, here's a piece of advice. It's 2024. We want to see, like, I want to grow in God. You know, I don't even feel like I've scratched the surface of the plan of God and the will of God. And, and uh, I want to grow in God. Chrissy wants to grow in God. If you heard us pray, I'm telling you right now, we want to grow. You only get, look, my, I didn't plan to say this, but I got, a friend of mine called me. He's a, he's a man of God. And um, he was saying, Al, um, you got you to gotta do God's will. We have to do God's will. And the reason we have to do God's will is because when you and I, everybody say, that's me. When we do God's will, then we are participating in something being fulfilled. In the book of Revelation, the Bible says, and now the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God. And he said, Al, we have to do what God has called us to do. If you're watching online, if you're watching in Philadelphia, Okay, I'm telling you right now, this world is going to pass. Jobs come and go. You know, nations rise and fall. Receive a word right now that speaks of the kingdom of heaven that we talked about. Our job is to do our part to see the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God. Does anybody want to participate in that great mission? How many would say amen? We must do it. I don't want to slow down the coming of Jesus by missing out. I want to really, I, I want to make a difference. I want you to make a difference. The kingdoms of this world must become the kingdoms of our God. And I know that's not about you having a happier life and a, and a funner life, if I could start making up words, funner. But this is the life that is the best life. So look, when God gives you advice on how to live in 2024, put it into practice. If you listen to God, he will teach you the right balance of handling your resources. There are times to be generous. There are times to be frugal. God will show you. But if your resources are not handled based on faith and obedience, we just don't get the benefit of heaven's favor. Okay? Heaven's favor is waiting to be poured out upon our lives. But it takes faith and obedience. And I want to... I want to quote what, when I was a kid, kind of a guy who, who uh, I'm going to call him an urban prophet back from Brooklyn, Jay-Z. <laughs> Guess what Jay-Z said at his 50th birthday? He grew up like five blocks from me. Listen to what he said. He said, take it from someone who grew up in the projects and is now a billionaire. There is no correlation at all between wealth and happiness. Do you hear that? Brothers and sisters, it's not the billions, it's the blessings. It's not the accumulation of things, it's the blessing of God. And there is a place in this world that you can live where you are under the true 
full blessing of God. And when you're under the blessing of God and people see you, it makes them hungry for eternity. Doesn't make them hungry for your stuff. It makes them hungry for who you have in your heart. How many would say amen? How many want to live that kind of year? Come on, wake up, guys. You're kind of asleep this morning. Levanta, my mom used to say. And so this is, this is a big, big deal today. And I want to pray. And I want to ask God to give us giving hearts. Put your hand on your heart if you're in Philadelphia. Put your hand on your heart here in Chicago. And let's pray right now. God, give us a giving heart. Don't take for granted the moment of what you've done in the past. Just go before the Lord. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We bow our hearts before you. Lord, people online are bowing their hearts before you. Our, our, our brothers and sisters in Philadelphia and all of us here and God, we are asking you to give us giving hearts. Give us hearts, Lord God, that are like your hearts because you have a giving heart. God, there's something so wonderful about your heart, and that's the heart that we want. And God, life is sweeter, life is better when, Lord, when we have a giving heart. So I pray today, Lord, that something would be released. And in some cases, that fears would be broken. In some places, that, that uh, uh, even certain sorts of resentments would be broken, oh God. So that we could give freely to the people around us. So that we could give freely to the people that we encounter, Lord. So bless this word. Make Chicago Tabernacle, I pray. Make Philadelphia Tabernacle, Lord, the kind of places that give, oh God. Lord, in faith, in joy, in obedience, so that, Lord, your kingdom would expand, oh God, and that your purposes would be accomplished. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So a heart full of the impulse of faith and love, especially based on this passage of Scripture, it has a, an impact on us. And the first is it, it, it becomes, it's giving becomes a very gratitude-based thing that's happening between you and God. There's just all the days of our lives, something gratitude-based should always be happening between you and God. This is private. This is between you and God. And, and uh, there's an awareness. Like, how do you, uh, um, like, I, I have to tell you, uh, growing up, growing up poor is a blessing. There's some hard stuff about it, but growing up poor is a blessing because when you grow up poor um, and you have something nice, you don't forget. <laughs> you know, I lived in an apartment building that the heat would go out for days. And, um, and so we used to sleep with hats and sweatshirts and sweatsuits and socks plus blankets. And then the worst, the absolute worst right? Especially if they went out in the night. The, the worst was I would wake up and there were pots, boiling pots of water on the stove. And you could feel like the, the you know, like the steam in the house. And you're like, oh no. Because it meant when you went to take a shower, my mom would give us like a bucket and a, and a, a tin deal. And it's hard times in the city, brothers. Let me tell you. So, and you would be cold. So you'd go one, I, I haven't forgotten this, one soap, two, three out. You guys who have those 35-minute showers, no, it was like one soap, two, three. You're out of there because you are shivering and freezing. And then I would go from there, and my mom would be heating up milk. And then I, if it was like Frosted Flakes, right, I would, I, I only, I primarily have cereal with hot milk. And people go, ew, you don't have cereal with hot milk. You do in the hood. 
That's the way it bees in the hood. You need, you need that to turn into like hot oatmeal. You know what I mean? And so, but let me tell you, I, I think about my dad and I, 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 my dad who grew up, you know, really tough in Cuba. And, and my dad would, anytime we were able to buy a big steak and uh, Pastor Mike has uh, uh, always bought meat for me and spoiled me. And he, you know, he bought me a big uh, steak once and, and I, I'm literally cooking the steak and I'm crying because I'm thinking about my dad. And I was like, my dad never ate a steak like this, ever. You know, he never got to eat this. And like, look at what I'm, I'm having right now. So what am I saying? Uh, what I'm saying is, is that even if it's not easy for you, for some people it's easier than others. When God gives you a heart of faith, there's a spiritual transaction that all of the things that he does just make you grateful. Is anybody here grateful? Are you grateful in Philadelphia? Could we clap a little louder and shout a little louder for Jesus today? Hallelujah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Something God wants, to, and I'm telling you, your heart, when you get a giving heart, your heart gets happy. You just feel better about life. There's something going on. You're like, oh my goodness, I don't, I, I'm so grateful. Listen to what Amy Carmichael said. She said, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And so you have to understand a lack of generosity reflects a spiritual mentality of unbelief and scarcity and as a child of God, never feel like there's not enough. Because with our heavenly father, how many would agree? There is more than enough. Could somebody say amen? There is more than enough. And I'm telling you right now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about your heart being so good. You know, and, and we all slip out of being grateful you know, and um, if you're grouchy, if you're grumpy, Scrooge, you're probably not grateful right now. And, but God wants us to have grateful hearts. And to have a grateful heart, absolutely, is to have a giving heart. Now, let me say something about this kind of gratitude-based giving versus, versus anything else, okay? You need to understand giving, and giving, it's not reciprocal. So kingdom giving is not about three things. It's not about getting. You don't give to get, okay? Even though God says give and you will get, but you don't give to get. You give because your heavenly Father has a giving heart and he's given to you and you are grateful. How many would say amen? So don't give to get because that's not the heart of God. How many are thankful that Jesus didn't give to get? Jesus gave because he loved us. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't give for status. That's what this text is. Essentially... This text is talking about the possibility that some people give for the sake of a status. Oh, they gave and look, and I want everyone to know that's not the reason to give. And if you give for status, even if it helps people, the Bible says your reward remains here on the earth. But I want the eternal reward. I want the treasures that are found in heaven. How many would say amen for that? And here's the last thing, and I want to especially encourage people with means, okay? Giving is not about influence. You know, giving is not about influence. It's not about if I give because I can give more than someone else, then I want the front seat. Then I want... I want special, you know, you know, Amex membership has its privileges. I want special privileges. 
On the contrary, the Bible talks in James that the more you have, the more humble you ought to be. And so the more you have because of all of the privileges that God does give you, for all of the incredible things that, that you do get to experience because of God's blessing upon your life, it should be the contrary. When you should have the favorite seat, you're, when you can have the favorite seat, one of the things you ought to do is get someone who usually doesn't get the favorite seat and you put them there and you take their seat. Because somebody say, come on, that's true. Come on, that's preaching. That is the truth. And so it's not about status, it's about gratitude. And I want to encourage you to say, Lord, I'm not gonna stop praying for a giving heart until you make me a person who's overwhelmingly grateful. You know? And I want to encourage you, be grateful. And I, I can tell you, right, anybody who carries responsibility, last thing I'll say about this, anybody who carries responsibility, a lot of times, and if your responsibility bent, it's very easy for your responsibility, this happens to me, okay? So when you're very responsibility, you get so focused on your responsibilities that you start to feel stressed. And you're always thinking about this and that and how to, what do I do here? What do I do there? What do I do there? But the reason why you go to God in the morning is because you go to the Lord in the morning and when you get a glimpse of his goodness and his greatness, when you get a glimpse of his love, it reminds you that he's got it all under control. Anybody here happy that he's got it? Can I tell you, God has got it. Come on, right now, just tell him, you got it, Lord Jesus. You've got all of our trouble. Let's pray right now in Philadelphia. God, we thank you. Come on, let's thank him. You have all of our troubles, all of our cares. God, you hold them in your hands. And Lord, we praise you today because you got it, Lord. And we're not gonna choose worry. We're gonna choose worship today, Lord God. We're gonna choose to, to praise you, Lord God, because you're worthy to be praised, because you're loving and kind and and generous and faithful. So, Father, in Philadelphia, online, in this room, God, lift the worry off of somebody right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift it up by your mighty power, Lord Jesus, and replace it with gratitude. Make us grateful. Hallelujah. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. So when, when God is giving you like a, a giving heart, there's, there's a gratitude thing that's going on between you and God in private, you know? And then it, it, it flowers out, it overflows. Here's a second thing that takes you into another level of maturity. And remember, this is built into the statement, when you give, okay? Because when Jesus says, when you give, he is presuming, expecting, not just that you are grateful when you give, but also that you are obedient as you give. So giving is also obedience-based between you and God. Giving is obedience-based between you and God. When you start to grow in God, guess what? God starts to talk to you about your wallet. When you really start growing in God, he starts to talk to you about your budget. And he tells you what to do at times, not just with what belongs to him, but with what belongs to you. So in the scriptures, from the beginning of time, this has been the biblical pattern. This has been the biblical understanding. This is taught not just in the Old Testament, but this is taught all throughout the New Testament. Jesus talked about it. The book of Hebrews quotes about Abraham, and it talks about the foundation of giving. And I'm gonna read to you uh, um, from Malachi 
Right before the New Testament started, God makes this gigantic statement about our giving. And what was said back then applies today. So listen, Malachi chapter three, two verses. And I could preach a whole sermon about this, but I'm not gonna do that. But here's what it says. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. That's a sermon right there. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, right, that there may be food in my house, okay? In the book of Haggai, he literally says, you spend so much time making your house nice. My house is not in the condition that it ought to be. And because you focus on your house, you put money in your pocket and it slips out. You do this and it wears out and so on and so forth. But he's like, no, go get timber and honor my house because everything that you have comes from me. And then when you honor my house, I will bless your house. How many know you can't bless your house? Only Jesus can bless your house unless the Lord blesses the house. They that labor, labor in vain. So it says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I love this verse. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. So there is a place of obedient giving. And when you grow up in God, and, and by the way, we always say this. We, when, whenever we take an offering, right, we, we, you will most likely hear at some point, this is not a moment of pressure. Okay? Because if you don't want to give to God, I, I, God is not broke. God does not need your money. But I think you need his blessing. How many would say amen? That's the way it is. And the love of God is unconditional. God loves everybody, whether they, whether they bless him or curse him, God loves them. But we're talking about something different. We're talking about a blessed life. And so the Bible says, look, I provide for you, and no matter what level of provision you have, when you really get to the place of obedience, it means that you give God 10% of your income. Okay, when you give God 10% of your income, he, the Bible literally says the tithe belongs to the Lord. When you give him 10% of your income, then he says, I will bless your 90 and make it more than your 100. You understand? So it's kind of like, it's kind of like this, right? You... You get your paycheck, and let me tell you something. It's the first fruits. It's not after you pay your bills. It's before you pay your bills because it's faith-based. So you get your hundred, you tear it off as soon as you get it, and you pray. And you say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And you sow it, however it is. It could be electronically, it could be manually, it could be however. There's all kinds of ways that we do it now. But the, before you press the button, say, I love you, I worship you, and I thank you. I know that what I have comes from you. Do you know that today? Amen. I remember uh, uh, um, saying grace at Thanksgiving and somebody spoke up and said, oh yeah, did God put this turkey on the table? You've heard me say that. Yes, he did. God puts the turkey on the table. And... So you stop and you say, thank you. And here's what God says. Take a semi-keyboard player. What God says is if you will honor me. See, you could honor God in some parts of your life, but not in other parts of your life. You understand? So a lot of people, 
they, they honor God in part A and B and C, but a G, E, and then they're like, man, why isn't there this holistic blessing on my life? It's because there isn't holistic honor. But when you really honor God with all of your life, including your income, there's a blessing that comes from heaven and even a supernatural protection and a supernatural usefulness. So I want you to, I want you to uh, uh, stay with me. We'll be done in a second, but I want you to think about this. When God says, I will rebuke the devourer, it means that there are natural and spiritual entities that will focus on devouring the blessing of God upon your life. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. The devil wants to devour your life. Then there's evil people and there's evil times and evil things. There's con artists, there's thieves, there's all kinds of evil in this world. And God says, when you honor me, I will rebuke the devourer. Now, that cuts in two ways. The first way is, is God says, I'm just going to protect your stuff. And I'm going to protect you. But only if you do it my way. Like some people say, well, I give however I feel like giving. No, <laughs> that's not obedient giving. You know, some people, the Bible says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Some people say, well, I don't believe in tithing to churches. I give however I want. Oh, yeah? Well, whose money is that that you're giving? Because God said, bring the tithe into my storehouse. It's funny. Wouldn't it be great to eat at a fancy restaurant and then go pay at Burger King? Wouldn't that be wonderful? So imagine to come to a church and to, to absorb the resources and to be part of teenagers seeking God. You think it doesn't cost dollars to provide a place? We paid for the Becoming Center cash because of your generous giving. And guess what? Our teenagers next service, they're going to be having breakfast a block and a half away getting Bible studies so that we have young people who are talking about, I'm concerned about this generation and I've got, I need courage to make an impact. How many praise God for the kind of youth that we're raising up? Hallelujah. But that only happens when you say, I'm going to give so that, so that somehow... God will use what I have and he will rebuke the devourer over the life of a young person. You know, in the 1700s, there was a word, expulsive. I think it was Edwards who said there's the expulsive power of, a, of a, an affection towards God. Is, I remember a quote like that. When you give your money is reaching places that you can't go to. But in the accounting of heaven, angels are marking it all down. And when it reaches, it's credited to your account. And I'm gonna encourage you, instead of looking so much at your earthly account, what about your kingdom account? Your earthly account, it all stays here. Charlie Munger just passed away. It all stays here. He had to give it to somebody else. But what we do for Christ, it will be waiting for us when we see him face to face. Somebody say amen. So look, if you're a young believer here, uh, 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 I learned this in this past year from a friend of mine. I want you to think about giving as a ladder. And everyone should be on the giving ladder. Okay? So throw this up for me. Everyone should be on the stairs. Some people never give. You know, they, 
they, they go to different things, and if it's free, they, you know, you know when a, you go to the museum and it says donation suggested, and they say the donation is nothing. That's my suggestion, right? You know, these are the people who have a hard time tipping and, uh, and, uh, and all of those kinds of things. My father used to say some people have a cangrejo, what are you, uh, crabs in their pocket. When they stick their hands in, the crabs bite them so they don't put their hands in their pocket. That's why. It's not because they're cheap and stingy, right? So some people never give. Some people, they throw in random change. But when you start to step into obedient giving, it really begins when you tithe. That's what the Bible teaches, right? And, and let me tell you something. All of this is here because there are people who tithe at this church. It's like, it's like two to three out of every ten, okay? I just know that because I know that, not because I look at tithing records. That's just standard fare, okay? A lot of people carry the weight. Uh, a little group of people carry the weight that a lot of people ought to carry. And can I tell you something? If everybody carried their weight, it's not giving what you can't give. It's giving according to how God has given to you. And when you participate in the kingdom of God, not only are you blessed, but your money goes places. You know, your money goes places. And then you get to the point, God starts to bless you so much that you get to the point that you're even giving above the tithe. Until you tithe, it's not an offering. But once you tithe, then you give offerings because you want to give God even more. And I have learned from, from, from church history, they say when you want to get on the explosive side, like super explosive side, go beyond. Go beyond and watch. You will never outgive God. But the awesome thing about giving is that it goes to places that you can't currently go to. Like, listen, let me read this to you. So last month, the outreach team prepared 40 hot meals and set out to feed the homeless. We have an outreach team here. Okay, don't miss it. When they went to the customary places, they didn't find numbers they were accustomed to, and they only passed out two meals with 38 meals in tow. The leader, Xavier, prayed and asked God to direct him. See, this is New Testament living. So he decided to stop at Peterson Park right by here since he knew some immigrants were staying there. We've, we have a massive immigrant problem, okay? And forget about the politics. If they're here, they're people and they're souls. We've got to reach them. We've got to serve them. We've got to love them. Regardless of where you land on this. And then listen to this. With 38 meals on hand, he was able to connect with the shelter's manager, and the Lord opened up the door for us to minister to nearly 180 new arrivals. Today, one of the brothers of our church, this was a while ago, he had this um, truck built for us. Come on, is this cool or what? Right? And, and this truck will go, and they're gonna, it's this afternoon, they're going back there. And they're going to be ministering to them at 2 p.m. today. At 2 p.m., you give. Now, we, we don't go over there and say, hey, uh, it's like three bucks a head if you want rice and beans. How does that sound to you? No. We take them the food. We pay for the food. We buy the, we, we, we buy the, the burgers or we buy the benil. That's the pork shoulder stuff like that. Right? Shouldn't we do that? Your generous giving goes to places that you can't go. You understand? Look, even bigger, well, not even bigger, but it's all different, but it's all part of the vast network of the kingdom of God. I had the privilege of meeting, um, hearing a story, and now I've met them. So just not too long ago, a missionary. We're part of the Assemblies of God. The Assemblies of God is, I think, what's the most special thing about this particular fellowship. And, and look, Baptist, Assembly of God, if, if you're a Christian, we are all one church. We are all God's people, Church of God in Christ, wherever it might be. How many know we're just brothers and sisters in the Lord? But that's the fellowship that we belong to. 
the, the assemblies of God have, I think, the, one of the most far-reaching, um, structured, high-impact missionary networks in the world today. If you travel the world, the kind of places that the assemblies of God is reaching, church planting, all sorts of things, you would not believe how amazing it is. I really want to shift this year. And look, we're still, we're gonna knock this wall down. We're gonna finish building. That build, that Becoming Center over there is just part one. How many know the Becoming Center is coming? We will build that for the glory of God. Come on, put your hands together and say amen. But we have to give to the mission field. Last year, we gave 120-something thousand dollars to, the, to missions. We should be giving way more than that. And you have to understand what happens. So look, there was this, just recently, there were some missionaries in Sudan. And I want you to hear this two-minute video. We'll be closing in a moment. But listen to this video. In April of last year, I landed in Khartoum, Sudan with two pastors. We were there to see two of the only Assemblies of God churches in the country. The day after we landed, a civil war broke out. Within the first 24 hours, the airport was destroyed. Civilian planes were bombed. Streets were abandoned except for tanks and military vehicles. And aircrafts were weaponized to drop bombs and fire missiles. We sat trapped in the lobby of our hotel, listening to the sounds of AK-47s and watching smoke fill the air as bombs caught the city center on fire. What was supposed to be a 48-hour trip turned into 13 days. There were over 15 attempts to rescue us. None of them succeeded. Even the US military attempted to take us out with the diplomats. But because of the escalating conflict around where we were trapped, we were left. We tried everything. But every time it seemed like there was hope, the doors slammed shut. But when the church began to pray, God began to work. Churches, districts, and even families at home sensed God telling them to pray for a change of weather in Sudan. The church prayed. And on day 10, we looked out our window and saw dark rain clouds covering one of the driest countries in the world. God was doing something. Over the next 48 hours, we experienced God's miraculous power. We were smuggled out of the conflict zone by a Muslim news company. We were driven 16 hours through the desert. We spent a night in a boatyard. In the final morning, we boarded a Saudi Navy ship to begin the 22-hour journey across the Red Sea. Every plan of man had failed. It was when the church began to pray that God began opening doors and performing miracles. We look back at how God delivered us and say, thank you, Lord. Now, we look to the 3.2 billion people trapped with no relationship with Jesus. And we say, Lord, do it again. Come on, let's put our hands together and praise God. That is JT. His wife uh, is Rachel. JT and Rachel Espejo. All the Spanish people know mirror. And may they be like a look in the mirror. Guess what? They're here with us today. I want them to come up. Come on, come on up, guys. Come on, these people have risked their lives for the gospel. Let's put our hands together and show our appreciation. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give a shout of God, a praise to God for them. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, we praise you. Shout for them in Philadelphia, we praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. I want the pastors to come up. I want you to stay right here. We're going to pray for them. And you, you guys will be here Tuesday night, maybe? Yes. So maybe we'll have them share a little bit. Um, but let me tell you a couple, couple things about the story. And then I want to pray for them as they stand proxy for all of the missionaries. Okay? So let me tell you, like, you know, everybody has their own celebrities. For me, missionaries are our celebrities. The Bible says, beautiful are those feet that bring the good, good news. Beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those that bring the... These are precious, precious feet. These are courageous feet. These are special feet where they go, where we can't go. Maybe just because we're not called to go. We have to play our part in supporting them. But look, let me, let me, I, I got permission. Two quick things and we'll, we'll close in a moment. So at a certain point, by the way, they're only 26 years old right and come on two quick stories so when they had a satellite phone by the grace of God they brought a satellite phone internet is down he calls Rachel when he calls Rachel Rachel says remember this is what we signed up for we signed up we, we surrendered our lives. We gave ourselves to the Lord. And we said, God, we're willing to pay the price to see the gospel go forth into the darkest places. We knew times like these would come. Okay? So that's like day one or day two. Their hardest day was right around day 10. They couldn't talk for 48 hours. Imagine Rachel at home not being able to hear one drop of news. For two full days. Okay, they've been married four years. They got married, they sold out, and they're off they went. Right? So, so finally, uh, um, after all of these different attempts, he's like, look, uh, I don't know when I'll talk to you again or whatever. And he said, I love you. When he said, I love you to her, he said, this could be it. You know, People were being killed. People were being hunted. Like, we're talking about this massive civil war in this Muslim stronghold. Imagine if they found Christians there. The government tried. There were all of these attempts to get them out. One of the attempts was they tried to hire a private security company. You know, these uh, military contractors, ex Green Berets and ex kind of military people who join a company and they said someone's willing to pay a million dollars and they'll fly in with a helicopter and they'll rescue them. Okay? This is not a, this is not a Netflix show. This is real. And they said here's the only thing is we're coming in hot. We're going to do a couple things and there may be civilian casualties. It, this is the price that it is going to be required for us to get you out of there safely. And they said, no. They said, we will not allow for the soul, people who don't know Jesus, to be killed so that we who do know Jesus to live. We rather that we die and that they live so that they have a chance to hear the gospel. Hallelujah. So look, our giving needs to support people like them. Like, right, I, I brought this up in a prayer meeting. Last thing I'll say, we have a young couple too, Ben and Kathleen is one of many. We sent them out from our church. 
they're in a neighborhood. They've planted a church in a neighborhood in Indonesia. Indonesia is the largest Muslim population in the world. Where they've chosen to start a church is pretty intense, quote, hostile Islam is there. And they've started a church and people are coming and they're baptizing people and they need a new building. And can I tell you something? They need money and I'm waiting and believing. We have to send Ben and Kathleen $50,000 and we should. Those are our kids. That's our team. That's our family. And just with a little sacrificial giving, how many know we can make a massive impact in a place of darkness? But look, I can't talk you into this. God has to give you a heart to give. It's something that God does. But I want to pray for them. And I want us to pray for ourselves. We'll be dismissed in a moment. Stand in Philadelphia. Stand here. I'm going to have Pastor Tim pray for them. But as we pray for them, we're praying for the whole world. And as we pray for them, we're praying, God, not all of us can go, but all of us can reach. We can reach in prayer and we can reach in our giving. I'm telling you right now, if there was an explosion of giving at our church, there would be an explosion that's greater than the giving of blessing upon our church. We would see with our own eyes because the Bible does say give and it shall be given. But I want to pray, God... Help us to support your people locally, globally, and God, help us, give us a heart of giving. Pastor Tim. Pastor, if, if I may, just, just for a minute. Just before, as we were worshiping, I happened to go into CT's playhouse. And one of our teachers encountered one of the children. And the love with which she greeted the child. I saw Jesus today in that teacher. And I stood in that room and I said, God, if there's anything that you've blessed me with that I can support our children, God, I will give it. I will give it. And I just want to encourage us that God's desire is that we would give of our resources so that children in CT's Playhouse, children in South Sudan, children across the planet, that lives can be transformed when we say yes. They have said yes, but we want to say yes with our wallets, with our checkbooks. So as we pray for them, Let's believe that God will raise us up. Let's believe that God will give us everything that we need so that his kingdom, the Bible says the kingdom of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ and he shall reign forever. And so God will raise us up and his kingdom will go forward. Father, we thank you. We bless you, oh God. We thank you, Lord God, for JT and Rachel. We lift them up to you today, oh God, using them as a point of contact for your kingdom, oh God. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that God, you first of all will continue to fill them with your Holy Spirit. They have said yes to you, oh God. They have said yes that they would do the work of the ministry. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would watch over them, that you would be a face round about them, oh God. And I pray, Father that as they continue, oh God, to labor for you, that you will keep watch over them. Lord, I thank you that your protection is upon them. I pray, Lord God, that you will provide all that they need, my God. I pray, Father, that, Lord, as they speak, Lord, that you would fill their mouths, oh God, and that, Father, their words would be weighty, oh God, and that you would use them, my God, to bring hundreds, to bring thousands into the kingdom. Your word says how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news who proclaim the gospel and we say their feet are beautiful and Lord I pray that their feet oh God would take paths that are firm oh God that you would lead them in paths of righteousness 
for your name's sake, my God. And Lord, everywhere, oh God, where the gospel is preached, oh God, be it South Sudan, Indonesia, Australia, God, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will strengthen those on the mission field, yes. those who are laboring, oh God, behind the iron curtain. Yes, it's China, Lord God. I pray that you would visit them today, oh God. We thank you, Lord, that there's no distance in the spirit, God. And we believe that you can move across this globe because this world belongs to yes, you, oh Jesus. God. And Father, I pray for those of us who remain, oh God, that we would say yes, just as they have said yes. That we would say yes with our checkbooks. We would say yes with our bank accounts, oh God. And that we would give, we would give sacrificially, oh God, to your kingdom. Today, God, we will not be those who throw an extra change, oh God. But we bring our tithes, we bring our offering, oh God. And we lay it at your feet, just as the little boy who brought his fish and his loaves. And he placed them in your hands, Jesus. And a multitude was fed. Oh God, so take our gifts, oh God, and feed this world, yes, oh God. Feed the Jesus. multitude, oh God. Our children in City's Playhouse, in PT's Playhouse, oh God, across this city, across this nation, and around the world, oh God. Because God, we want heaven to record, oh God, that we, your people, did not hold back, but we gave to you, oh God. We want to store up in heaven treasures, oh God, where moth and rust do not destroy, oh God. Thank you. So Father, bless us, oh God. And we promise, God, we vow, oh God, that we will give to your kingdom, oh God. And so we believe, oh God, that you will do it, Lord, that the becoming center will be built, oh God. And it will be a lighthouse, oh yes, God. Jesus. It will be a beacon in this city, oh God. Yes, for young men and women, oh God, to hear the good news of Jesus, oh God. We believe it, oh God. We believe that you will do it. And so we bless you. We thank you, oh God. Yes. And we honor you. We ask in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands and together and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.